0: Welcome to Come Talk Health Radio. My goal here is to have conversations with anyone curious about health from a holistic viewpoint. Holistic by definition includes everything. So from a holistic point of view, there is nothing that does not impact your health. Although many, many things will have very, very small impact. I am happy to go down whatever rabbit hole fascinates you, but at some point, I will bring our conversations back to the issues that make the biggest impact. I believe we all have wisdom to share. I know you have lessons for me, and I have been told many times that if you really want to learn something, teach it. I am not a licensed health professional. I am simply your peer. I desire to be of service to any of you listening who may now be where I once was. So now is the time to call in and join the health revolution. The number is 516 This show is live seven days a week from noon until 3 p.m. Eastern. Now here's a song by my friend Alison David from the UK off her album Believe. If there's a way
1: This world that we all could live as one together, then we sure got to have a go. All will never know if life could be better. Life it could be better if there's a way. Just to see that we are all part of the same family. Maybe then we would understand. No one ever plans to be hurtful. They're just trying. intrinsically we are the same we were born with open hearts and we're just trying to play the game and all we really want all There's a way To see the truth Instead of seeing Just what we want to see Maybe then We could compromise And then realize All that we could be We could realize All that
2: Welcome to another episode of Come Talk Health. I am your host, Scott Koosland. Today is Saturday, March twenty first, and it is a gorgeous day here in Massachusetts. It's mid forties today, sunny. Kinda of my perfect perfect temp. When it starts getting above seventy or so, I'm like, oh man. Wish it was more spring or fallish, but uh, 45 definitely qualifies to me as within the perfect range. So, topic for the today is trace mineral hair analysis, or trace element, as I prefer to call it, because minerals have. The word mineral has different meanings depending on the context. And why not just use what we're actually talking about, which is the elements off of the periodic chart of elements that most of you are probably familiar with from high school. So before I get into that, uh, I want to touch base on our... uh, you know the, f- the favorite topic of of news outlets recently being covid nineteen aka the coronavirus and I think it was yesterday it might have been the day before. I was watching some YouTube videos and um, there's a a former mainstream news anchor by the name of Ben Swan, and I subscribe to his channel on YouTube, I believe. Yes, I am subscribed. Um, Yeah, two days ago, he has a video called Truth. Seasonal flu twice as deadly as coronavirus, question mark. And he goes over an apples to apples Comparison, using the the CDC's numbers on confirmed cases of coronavirus in in the death uh, percentage based on, you know, the confirmed cases of people who had it total and, you know, from the people that died while they had it. And then using the, the numbers from the CDC of people who are confirmed to have the seasonal flu. And those who died while they had seasonal flu, and when I was looking at you know the the graph or the image he had up on the screen that had the had the numbers on there, and I was like, "Looks to me like it's five times that seasonal flu is five times as deadly as coronavirus and uh you know he said well you know i'll I'll provide a link in the description of the show to give you access to the data, and I looked back at it yesterday to see if he'd added that, and at the time that I checked, he hadn't added it, but one of my heroes in the medical world is Dr. David Brownstein. He's the man who, he's written a bunch of books. Um, The one that caught my attention first was his book, Actually, it might have been his book on salt that I read first. But anyway, right around the same time frame, uh, I found his uh, book on salt, you know, natural salt, sea salt, unrefined salt, and how important it is for our health, and his book on iodine. In that book was the first I mean, I'd seen articles online. That's how I found that he had a book. But um, it was the first time I'd read a a book, especially by a medical doctor, that was praising using, you know, milligram amounts. And uh, the doctors that uh, are part of what, I don't know, it seems to me that it's kind of uh, – not really an active project, but they referred to themselves as the iodine project. The research that they have done shows that it takes about 50 milligrams daily over the course of about three months to, to fully satisfy all your body's needs with iodine. So anyway, that's the backstory on the blog post that Dr. Brownstein made today. And he actually put the numbers in his blog post, and let's see, where did I open that? Not there. I guess this is one of the reasons why I try to avoid. There we go, playing around with browsers while well. I'm doing the broadcast. Um, so yeah, the title. He's been doing a whole series on coronavirus. This one. Actually, he published this must have been last night March twentieth um, coronavirus roman numeral, numeral eleven. What the hell is going on? The fear should stop so he he uh puts in the numbers here and. Da, 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 da. United States, COVID-19 death rate, 1.3%, compared to the 2020 influenza death rate, 10%. So I plugged that into the calculator, and it was a bit over seven times more deadly. Now, in Italy, you know, the death rate is at 8%. So, yeah, you know, the the seasonal flu still more deadly but i don't know what you know the numbers the 10 percent number is from cases in the united states so i don't know maybe the people in italy are you know dying in larger percentage percentages than uh here in america i mean that kind of makes sense you know if they're going to be more susceptible than we are to the COVID nineteen, they're probably gonna be more susceptible to the seasonal flu as well. But anyway, Dr. Brownstein uh didn't dig that deep. He stopped at the uh the US numbers. And um yeah. So why are we freaked out about this? I have my own ideas. I'd love to hear yours. But um that is the tangent for the beginning of the show. <laughs> Knowing me, we'll probably have more tangents later on. But the topic of the day is trace mineral hair analysis. So when I was working, actually before I started doing consultations, um, the naturopath that I had trained with, Albert Snow um he was nudging me towards you know doing some complimentary work because he he was doing some of his consultations uh using the the hair uh, the hair <laughs> trace element uh, lab work um but, you know, as time went by, you know, I noticed that, you know, he did less and less of those and he was doing more and more appointments on, uh, you know, helping people with gastrointestinal diseases. And um, so as as I kind of observed that and, you know, the the, the uh, lab work that he, you know, had encouraged me to, to pursue, it just, I don't know, it was... You know, it was analyzing saliva and urine, and I was like, eh, no. Did the summary, it just didn't appeal to me. But, you know, when I was looking at, you know, the, the lab reports that we were getting back from uh, Trace Elements Inc., which is the lab that we we both used, the, um, you know, I had started doing, you know, Internet searches and looking for articles, and you know, found a couple books, and um, actually bought a, a DVD set of um, one of the you know the founders of the uh, the research back you know, twenty thirty years ago. He had done a presentation, and anyway, the the my big takeaway from from watching that first. Like recorded seminar, and I went looking for it yesterday, but (sighs) I (laughs) couldn't find it as quickly as I wanted to, and I um, got pulled away from doing a thorough search. But when I when I finally find it, I'm I'm sure I'll be uh, talking about him in the future. But uh, anyway, the the takeaway I I got from watching those videos on trace element hair analysis uh, was that the different patterns that show up, um, there are three primary patterns. Two of them, well, one's the most dominant. Uh, It's called uh, a slow metabolizer. Fast metabolizer, the pattern for that is next and then there's a combination of both that comes up well i I found it coming up fairly you know i don't know maybe one in ten maybe one in at some point i think it was more like one in five but there are different stress patterns and what i learned from that first recorded seminar was that uh your your emotional state is what drives the changes in metabolism and how your body uses nutrients and um, at the time it didn't mean nearly as much as it does to me right now um, you know this was back probably 2005 2006 so you know good 9 10 years ago and I've learned heaps <laughs> I've, I've You know, I know there's heaps more for me to learn, but, uh, you know, my perspective about the power of our emotional state, you know, the emotional patterns that we have and how that affects the ability of our bodies to, to construct health, healthy cells and healthy, you know, livers and healthy hearts is just... It's so I don't know, I guess' it's, uh, it's much, much more awe- awe inspiring now that I understand it to a much deeper level than I did nine years ago. Um, but anyway, that was my first kind of entrance into uh, the art and science of uh, interpreting these these lab reports. So they, you know, they take a sample of hair. I forget. I should probably <laughs> prepare more than I do. But um, I think it's like a, a teaspoon of hair. Um, you know, not, not very much. I mean, the the kits that I would send people home with, you know, just had a very kind of thick paper. I don't know what bond it would be. But it's kind of more like a a thin cardboard than really, you know probably closer to that than a bond, I don't know twenty bond resume paper or something. Um so it was more like a business card type of a thickness. And anyway, it had a it was cut in such a way that it made a little scale. And you know it only, the only thing it used for a a counterbalance, so to speak, was the scale itself. So all you had to do was fold down the edges of this thing so it was like a little teeter-totter and then put hair on the high end of it until it tipped. And then you knew you had enough weight for the lab to analyze. Of course, the hair had to be dry. So if it was wet, that was a guarantee that the lab was going to you know, send me an email or call me and say, hey, you know, this lab for Joe Joe Schmoe, um, you know it's only half the weight we need uh, so you need to collect some more a larger sample from from your client and no matter how careful i was in explaining to people the the rules of collecting the hair sample inevitably you know i don't know one in 10 or so less you know less than 10% but enough to be annoying <laughs> um would come back from the lab We'd, you know that they didn't have enough weight when they was, what i had people do was to i would get, send them home with this little kit with a, a an envelope that had the you know our address on it with a a stamp so all they had to do is close the, seal the envelope and mail, put it in the mail and then i would just open it up take the little sample envelope and then fill out the rest of my paperwork, send it off to the lab. So I, you know, I didn't open the lab sample and weigh it, which, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> excuse me. So let's see, lots of boring shit about collecting hair samples and what a pain in the butt it was. Um, but the lab work itself. You know, it it gave such a great insight into, you know, the, you know, the average amount of stress that the client's body was in for about two to three months because, you know, on average, approximately, hair grows about a half an inch a month. So we were looking for an inch and a half of hair. And um, collecting anything over that we'd throw away, excuse me. And then so we were looking at the, the inch and a half of hair. You know, inch was okay. Just, you know, the shorter the, the hair was that was available to take because you know, especially guys, they tend to have their hair cut fairly short. But, you know, if we could only get an inch long hair, then that just means we only have two months instead of three months of a uh, of an average to work with, and um and when you compare that to the lab work that most people get when they go to a doctor, you know they're taking blood, you know urine samples sometimes, and maybe saliva, but you know all those all those liquids are you know, they, they change quite a lot, you know, even within a day, you know, your saliva will change depending on how recently you ate. Um, you know, same thing with your urine depends on how much water you drink and all kinds of different variables in the blood, the body, you know, works really, really hard to maintain your blood chemistry, you know, within a very tight window. One of the things is, uh, the acid alkaline um, measure of, you know, the pH or potential hydrogen. If the potential hydrogen or pH of the blood isn't within, I think it's like 0.05, you know, it's like 7.3, I should probably look that up, but hey, you can look it up
3: too.
2: <laughs> um, and you'd remember it more than me just telling you, telling it to you. Um, but anyway it's it's just slightly alkaline and um it's a snapshot like so you know you can't deny that the you know bl- blood work, urine and urines and uh, urine lab work, you can't deny that it's useful. Absolutely it is. But the the trace element hair analysis is just such a you know compliment to the the instant picture that you're getting from you know blood work for example and you know when you ask people about their stress level it's it's fairly rare for people to actually um, have an objective an you know assessment of their own stress because we tend to kind of get used to it. It's just, you know, whatever our day-to-day level of stress is, that's just normal. Um, so oftentimes, people who were extremely stressed out would tell me during a consultation, you know, what I normally did, would, I'd have a consult bef- either even before suggesting to, to get the lab work done, you know, word of mouth, you know, happens, and then people are like, oh well, my friend got this this lab work from you. I want to do that. And I I prefer really to get pe- the, really the foundation of um, what I know nutritionally in place. Um, but you know, some people are like, well, I really want a baseline for you know how bad off I am before I start you know Im- improving my nutrition either through diet or or supplements or both which occasionally people i would have clients do but um most of my clients they were i don't know it it's kind of funny like you t- you tend to attract people like you and i was very lazy with my diet at that point and um i would much rather prefer to just take some supplements to balance out you know the deficiencies is you know part of me was just convinced that you know because of the poor quality of the soil that our crops you know our food crops are grown in, and then of course the crops that are grown for the livestock that are that we're raising to then um meet our our illusionary protein requirement um but that's another story. Um, was, you know, that the the soils are so depleted that I did, you know, I wanted to believe that we, that I really couldn't avoid uh, nutritional deficiencies, especially with the, you know, the different toxicities in the environment from, you know, the fumes coming out of cars and trucks and 18-wheelers and, you know, factory smokestacks and, you know, the so-called silver amalgams in our teeth um, that are half mercury, which is the most toxic substance known to man that isn't radioactive, to the cigarettes that I smoked. Um, You know, one of the things I learned about uh, tobacco is that it tends to be high in heavy metal called cadmium and that that require your body needs selenium to help get rid of that cadmium. So instead of quitting smoking, I just took some extra selenium <laughs> and you know I would uh would use uh, American Spirit cigarettes which you know the average cigarette has like 400 chemicals added to it to make it taste you know taste good. uh American spirits, you know, they, uh, prided themselves that they didn't use any. But anyway, the, um, my clients in general, they wanted to take the pills like, and of course they wanted to take as few as possible, which was one of the kind of secrets to my success because I'd figured out what the most, um, you know, the, what was the biggest leverage, you know, what was, what's the biggest bang for your buck that you can get from, you know, the wide variety, you know, there's a mind boggling variety of nutritional supplements on the, on the market and it just gets wider every year. Um, So anyway, inevitably people are confused and like, well, what the hell do I buy? Like, that looks good, but like, I I don't know. I was like, well, you've come to the right place. I've dedicated my life to figuring this stuff out for you. And and we have lab work to help us fine tune it specifically to your biochemistry. Yeah. Uh, I really, uh, you know, it was kind of bizarre for me to be, have been such a shy and introverted person. And then, Kind of get guided by by my spirit guide, guardian angel, God, whoever someone was guiding me this my life is just too uh, too strange if if i can 't include that, but um anyway the um, the power of of this lab work is fantastic and I don't even <laughs> I don't do it anymore. So how fantastic could it possibly be? Well, if you're if you're listening to this show, what you know, one of the things that I realized was that I can't effectively teach you the latest and greatest stuff that I've come to hold dear to my heart because you know, I started out clueless and um, didn't know what a good diet was. And then when I did, was told what a good diet was. I didn't want to do it like more than once a year, <laughs> and I just did the simple things. You know, I I, I uh, took the the Dulse, um iodine supplement. You know, I took that for 10 years. You know, I, I think I probably did that 25-day cleansing diet uh, maybe four times in in 10 years. Like, I did, no, I actually, I probably did it five or six. It was the first couple of years, I was like, wow, that was really good. I should do that in a few, you know, three, four months from now, I should do that again. Um, but that kind of just faded away. Especially after I got into uh, you know, the science of nutrition and using trace element hair analysis to figure out you know wh- where I had excess and where I had deficiencies and where I had toxic and all this stuff, it's like ah, I can play with all this stuff without having to do that crazy uh, cleansing diet. So you know, like just like anybody. Or most people, anyway, don't want to say everybody. That I didn't really want to change my lifestyle, and um, you know, <laughs> having this lab work available to me made it that much easier to justify maintaining my, uh, you know, my cheese addiction and my uh, love of, you know, really high quality beef. <clears throat> You know, at that point, like a ribeye steak was that, and like a baked potato smothered in butter and sour cream. Oh, my. That was the best. But now, unfortunately for my former self's preferred lifestyle, I you know, I I just know better. I'm just not going to return to that ever. So besides the iodine, the other thing that stuck with me was alfalfa. So when I got my first lab report back, which I did on myself, my um, lithium, and lithium, as you may or may not know, is is used quite widely in um, helping people with mental health issues. And, you know, there tend to be use lithium a lot with people who are manic or bipolar. So uh, when I got my first lab test back and saw that the lithium was like, I, I should dig it out at some point, but it was like three or five times above the, the high limit on the chart. So it was like the bar was all the way to the top. And, you know, um, in, on the bottom of the of that uh column it showed you know the pers the milligram percent um, and it was off the charts so it, it lists in the report like what are the possible sources you know and one of the things listed i think it was yeah you know, it was either first you know the first three things. Alfalfa. I was like, oh well, I've been chewing 25 tablets of compressed alfalfa for <laughs> <laughs> 10 years. I know for certain where that uh, lithium is coming from. So that was, you know, my first like, wow, this stuff is cool. Like, I'm not going to chew 25 alfalfa tablets anymore. I'll I'll just do five. You know, and then i had I repeated the the test a few months later, and sure enough, it had fallen I think it actually went below the reference range, which there you know lithium is not considered to be an essential nutrient but um so I, you know whether it was in the reference range or not is like irrelevant, but so the most important thing on these reports that would let you know where you know, what your trace elements are is called the, well, Dr. Wilson, I believe he refers to it as the life and death ratio. And as much as I like drama... I really like water balance ratio better, though I tended to use both. (laughs) Um, So, you know, as most people know, I hope that, you know, water is, you know, water is life. You know, there is no life without water. And then the difference between drinking enough water and having that water actually hydrate your cells, two different things, which is why the, the ratio of sodium and potassium is referred to as the life and death ratio. And the farther that is from you know, the perfect value, the harder it is for, you, for the water to flow in and out of your cells easily as it was designed to. And going back to, you know, the very first uh, thing I learned about trace element analysis is that these patterns are controlled by our emotional state. So people who are fast metabolizers, they tend to be really, they kind of burn through uh, sodium and potassium, and they tend to, excuse me, I think I got that backwards. No, I I think I actually have that correct. It's like looking at the report is a little bit deceptive because you would expect when some of these, you know, when an element is super, super high, you would think that, well, they must be getting an excess of that. And it's not all, it's not that straightforward, but um, I need some water. It's better. But if you'd listen to one of the previous episodes, maybe it was first, maybe it was second.
3: Mm.
2: Anyway, the, uh, if you have too much sodium in your body, you know, you're going to have waterlogged cells and you're going to be bloated. And, you know, on the other side of it, you have way too much potassium, which is really a non-issue in America and most Western countries. Um, because our diets are so low in, in potassium, um but if you did have high potassium, you're gonna be dehydrated because the water that you drink or the and that's of course there's water in the food you eat too unless you're just um i don't know eat, eating burnt toast or something but uh um if you if your potassium's much much higher than than your sodium, then you're going to be dehydrated, um, regardless of how much water you drink. And then the very next most important thing on a trace element hair analysis report is the absolute amount of potassium. And, you know, with when potassium's I believe I think it was two milligram percent or lower is considered to be a, a severe cardiac risk. Like if it, when potassium is that low, like you're a walking time bomb for a heart attack. Um, and I think I only saw that with the clients that came to see me once or twice in the seven years I was actually I was only doing them doing the consults from like 2007, so 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, so five years. I think I only saw two clients that had that low of potassium. So even though Americans are really sucking at getting a healthy amount of potassium in their bodies every every day, you have to be really, really bad at it. Like you have to have an active hatred towards vegetables, which – I have run into people <laughs> like that you know, throughout my life. They're like, ah, vegetables. No, thank you. And those are the people that end up dying at, you know, 30 or 40 or they generally don't make it to 50 before they've keeled over from a heart attack and left the planet. Um, and a low potassium on a on a trace element lab report is... Uh, Prime indicator for a heart attack victim, and of course, if they knew how important vegetables were to prevent heart attacks, then um, they would no longer be a, a victim of you know our nation's greatest killer, and uh, it's fairly common knowledge, I think the heart coronary coronary heart disease cardiovascular disease CBD is the number one killer in America um, and one of the interesting bits of trivia about that is the first symptom of heart disease in half the cases is a heart attack oh yeah what a great way to find out <laughs> oh man the the good news is, if you you know make sure that you got a bunch of veggies in your diet, and you either eat seaweed every day or take your iodine supplement, it, you're going to have to work super hard to be a, a statistic for uh, heart attack and and uh, heart disease. And another prime. You know, prime what's the words I'm looking for pillar that's the word another pillar of uh of the art and science of analyzing trace element hair analysis is the idea that it's it's the relationship between the elements that it you know the you know we're talking about sodium and potassium it's you know they can the amount of sodium in the diet can be low um and you can avoid but as you know as long as the, the relative amount of potassium is also low at a specific ratio between the two of them um then you're not going to suffer the the ill effects of your body being totally crippled about getting water into and out of the cells. So I figured I would take a look at my notes here. So I... I had actually decided that the vitality ratio was a much sexier name for the for the water balance or uh, life-and-death ratio. I guess life-and-death is, I don't know, thr- a thrilling description. But vitality has is such a more positive way to describe it than life-and-death. So somber, man. So... What's the word? Morbid. (laughs) But um, so the vitality ratio or the sodium potassium ratio is the most important. And then there are four others that uh, kind of round out the. A picture of uh, what's going on in someone's body. And there are, there are a couple others, but um, I, I came up with some cool names for them. Um, but that was just kind of more fun than um, something I would have time to talk about generally, unless I did a marathon consult and, uh, you know, basically closed the store down and the person, you know, didn't have uh family to go home to or didn't have a dinner date or something. And they just were fascinated. I think the longest appointment I had was like three and a half hours. And I might've talked about those uh, two other uh, element ratios, but uh, I'm not going to talk about those here. There's even if I, I guess if I talked for the next two hours, I could probably get to it. <laughs> but uh, I don't plan on doing that. We uh, got 13 minutes to the top of the second hour. Um, so, yeah, it's actually 45 minutes, 47 minutes. That's a good time to take a break. And I'm gonna go drink a bit more water, walk around, put my bare feet on the ground, get some vitamin D.
0: Yeah,
2: and I'll be back in five minutes or so. Let's see, it's not raining today, so Hmm. actually, a couple of times I've missed. I have not been timely for the, uh, the end of the show a couple times, and I haven't played my favorite Alice and David song, so I'm going to actually play it now. It's called Dreams Come True. Okay, I'm back. And so we talked about the two most important things on a hair trace mineral analysis lab or a hair trace element analysis, as I like to call it. Um, The sodium-potassium ratio or the vitality ratio or as Doctor Wilson like to call it, the life and death ratio, um, and as I like to call it, the water balance ratio, because that's really the most important thing that any you know ratio of elements could do for you is to help you maintain a healthy balance of water going in and out of your beloved workforce, otherwise known as your cells. So that ratio, looking at my notes, was 2.5 to 1. So two and a half times as much sodium as potassium, which would be like, holy crap, man. If I need, like, I think the RDI for potassium is like, 4700 milligrams Um, you telling me that I need to get like over a thousand milligrams of sodium a gram a day wouldn't that kill me (laughs) Uh, well the uh, the, it doesn't it's not that simple you know the the body has you know its own intelligence and you know how much of the salt you know the sodium that you actually hold on to and that, and that will show up in your hair that we send off to the lab um, that's that you know you can't can't quite make that comparison, but uh in a general sense, it's true. Yeah, you know, if you if you're eating a ton of salt, well, your body's gonna be struggling under the load of having to to try and get rid of that. And if you're not drinking enough water to begin with, it's just gonna fail. Um, and then you know, as far as the the effect on having low potassium for for uh, for your heart you know that's the second most important thing and that you know over 90% of Americans are not getting the recommended daily of potassium i think the last article i read it said i think the average person is getting about half of the amount of potassium they need to which means they're you know They're going to be, Americans are going to be bloated and walking heart attack risks due to their aversion to vegetables. But hey, it's your life. If you really love your steak (laughs) and you really hate your veggies and it's worth it to you to, you know, to die at, 40 years old I don't believe in death anyway so hopefully you don't either it's just uh, you know you're no longer going to be here on planet earth but I'm very 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 convinced that this is not the end of the line so if you only want to be here for a short time and indulge yourself and You know, steaks and fried chicken and um, everything else that you love to eat. But the more uh, nutritionally savvy amongst us will try to tell you is the wrong way to go, then, you know, what's the biggie? (laughs) To me, it's not a big deal. So what else we got here? We have... The thyroid ratio, the adrenal ratio, the sugar tolerance ratio, which I talked about yesterday when I was giving you uh, kind of a, a summary of why is it so hard to diet, why is it so hard to to maintain a healthy weight, um, and then with an unnamed ratio. Um, at least, maybe, I don't know. <clears throat> Dr. Wilson is, um, I think, we've come out with the fourth, fifth, and I think sixth edition of his book, Nutritional Balancing and Hair Analysis. Um, and his most recent version has a completely different title. And, you know, the, the book that I use to get wicked smart. Um, was published in 2005. So who knows, maybe he's named it by now. But back in 2005 or 2004, when he was putting that third edition together, he didn't name it. But I decided that it was basically the gonad ratio because of the impact that zinc and copper have on your sex hormones. You know, for men... The main sex hormone is testosterone for women. The main sex hormone is estrogen. So the further out of balance the zinc and copper gets, the harder it's going to be for your body to have hormonal balance. And... You know, I'd like to. Well, I started to say that that's a much harder problem for for women. And and in a way, it is harder. And another in another way, that's less obvious. It really isn't harder, but uh, because men have a, a hard time with with it as well, um, or not. <laughs> um, do, you know, when you think about the sales of uh, of Viagra, um, having a healthy uh, gonad ratio, which is the zinc relationship to copper, and the you know the relative amounts between the two. Um, one of the common ways that this gets out of balance is copper has antibacterial effects so your if your body is struggling with bacterial infection intelligently the body will hold on to as much copper as it can so when when the body's you know when it's hoarding copper to help help fight infection that throws off the relationship with zinc and as some of the more savvy people in the audience will know you know zinc is a huge deal for the immune system as well as you just realized hopefully that copper is a huge deal for the immune system. But what I realized was that when you have a whole body saturation with iodine, your body doesn't need to hoard copper. And then Your zinc and copper ratio will be able to normalize and you're going to have, you know, happy levels of sex hormones, which let's face it, like the two greatest pleasures on this planet are eating and sex. I was going to be more crude, but. I do have an R rating for all my shows, but you know, sometimes I don't feel the need to drop the F bomb, <laughs> or I feel self-conscious about it. But anyhow, the, um, the that is a major, major problem. We have a worldwide iodine deficiency. Your body's going to hoard copper. So it can fight off bacterial infections, and because it's hoarding copper, it's going to throw your hormo- hormonal bleh, hormonal balance completely out of whack. So you know, for men, it's going to be low testosterone. Um, you know, you, even if you're working out at the gym, you know, six days a week. You know you're gonna have a, a the the gains are gonna be really, really slow um you know for women when the zinc and copper gets out of whack you know your your menstrual cycle is gonna be miserable so this is one of the kind of the um unexpected benefits of supplementing with iodine that um all of a sudden you know your sex life libido your ability to uh to enjoy and perform just uh go up from wherever they were you know there's really the the, the only downside of iodine is that if you're very sensitive to halides and iodine is in the halide family along with um chlorine bromine and fluorine, more commonly known as fluoride and chloride and bromide and iodide. Um, and there's the research that I've come across in the last year um, show that there's somewhat between 1 and 5% of people who are really hypersensitive um, not only to iodine but also to to fluoride or fluorine and as you may know um, every major city in this country fluoridates their water um, most countries in the world don't fluoridate the water if they if they did you know they've stopped and a lot of countries just never started but kind of the you know the um the bastions of the Western world. Um, you know, Canada, it's kind of a mixed bag. Some provinces fluoridate, some others don't. Some cities do, some don't. Of course, in America, more and more you know, fluoridation battles are happening and towns and cities are are uh, ending it. Um, Australia fluoridates, Ireland fluoridates, uh, those those are really the the major uh, holdouts onto this antiquated practice based on horrible science. Um, and you may or may not know, it is being uh, the, being brought to court, and I would expect the court date's going to get pushed back due to the coronavirus. But it was scheduled for. I think it was like April 20th, um, but um, let's see. I think it's Fluoride Alert. Let me just look that up right now. Yeah, Fluoride is one of the you know one of the best resources for learning more about why this fluorid, water fluoridation is such a horrible horrible idea. And of course, if you go to the CDC's website, they praise it as being one of the modern wonders uh, of uh, that, that have benefited human health. And it's just like, uh, well, drinking the fluoride, drinking the Kool-Aid. It is some nasty, nasty shit. And you know, one of the things that has become kind of a politically correct battle cry is like we would we're doing it for the children. Um, well, I don't want to get too. I, I should do a whole another show on fluoride. So um, otherwise, we're gonna not learn any cool things about trace element analysis. <laughs> which may or may not bore you to tears. Hard to know. Hard to know. So uh, let's see. Actually, I've been encouraged. I've I've had a few people um, reach out to me offline, either call me, text me, Facebook message me, and uh, let them know they've uh, enjoyed listening. Um, So that's good. I... I think I would still go on with this show, even if I didn't have have the encouragement, but uh, it helps. makes me happier when I'm doing it, I guess, than than I might otherwise be. Um, Anyway, so we've talked about the vitality ratio uh, or water balance ratio, sodium and potassium, talked about the importance of potassium just as its absolute level in the body being a a heart attack risk, you know, cardio health risk. Yesterday, we talked a bunch about the sugar tolerance, sugar tolerance ratio with calcium and magnesium. Basically, calcium interferes with, you know, calcium is an essential nutrient. So, don't get me wrong. You need calcium, but it's when it's out of balance with the other nutrients. And looking at the the five core ratios, um, that there are two ratios that have calcium, and uh, it's the sugar tolerance ratio. It's calcium on top of magnesium, which you know the higher that ratio gets, um, you know. Got my notes here. Uh, let's see. Perfect is about 6.7. Um, if it's low, you it can go down to about 3. And that will be considered hypoglycemia. And also going high up to about 10, 10 to 1, that's hypoglycemic. Um, and then below 3, or greater than 12, is, has been correlated strongly with people who have been diagnosed with diabetes. Um, and then the other calcium-containing ratio is the thyroid ratio, and that's between calcium and potassium. And we know from earlier, just a minute ago, that, you know, most Americans are getting half, on average, half of the needed p- potassium to be a healthy healthy human. And we also know that Americans are in love with dairy. We love our milk. We love our ice cream. We love our cheese. Love our sour cream. Um, so. It shouldn't be too surprising to you guys that we tend to have hypothyroid or underactive thyroid in this country. In fact, synthetic thyroid hormones are one of the top 10 best-selling pharmaceutical drugs in the country. So many of you who are listening to this probably know somebody, if, if not yourself, That is taking a synthetic thyroid hormone and our love affair with dairy and our hate affair with vegetables, especially, you know, the high potassium vegetables like sweet potatoes, probably my favorite potassium containing veggie. Um, The Okinawans who, (laughs) when they were eating their traditional diet, were among the the healthiest and longest-lived people on the planet. Unfortunately, um, they're eating more Big Macs and uh, Whoppers and all that kind of stuff nowadays, and their health has gone down the tubes. Um, so those, those are the two one two biggies for calcium. And basically, when calcium gets high in, re, in relation to potassium and magnesium, then uh, you're gonna suffer. It's going to get in the way of your insulin and your thyroid hormones. So the, the last ratio we have not talked about is the adrenal ratio. And that is the relationship between the amount of sodium and the amount of magnesium. And as you may guess, America... We have lots of sodium in our diet, most of it from non-iodized salt that's added to processed foods. And even if you go like my favorite um, vegan vegetarian restaurant here in Framingham, Greenleaf, they pride themselves on using a high-quality salt. They use a Himalayan – um, well, all salt comes from the sea, like the Himalayan salt comes from an ancient sea, but they mine it uh, out of the out of the ground. you know that high quality salt has no iodine added to it um, so the adrenals we use salt to stimulate our adrenals salt is. The poor man's caffeine, or the poor man's cocaine, or the—I guess I don't know—I was going to say, well, the poor man's meth. But I don't know. From what I've seen on on the tiny bit of television that I see here and there, it seems like you know the 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 poor people are are the ones that tend to get mixed up with methamphetamine. But anyway. um Salt helps to st- stimulate the adrenals. Sugar also. So, you know, wh- what do we live on? What, <laughs> we live on caffeine, salt, and sugar. It's like America runs on Duncan. Yeah, we do. And we're, you know, we are uh, lifestyling ourselves to early graves and ridiculously expensive health care costs. But, hey, it tastes good, so, and we're only here for a short time we We, we got to enjoy it while we're here, right? Well, I believe that we were created with the genetic potential, which of course our genetic potential has been damaged over the millennia. But I believe that that can be repaired within your lifetime, in that we have the the potential to live hundreds of years, but you're never going to do that eating Big Macs and Whoppers. It's just not going to happen. Um, so you want to, you know, it's again, it comes down to preference and what what do you value? Like, do you want to burn the candle at both ends and go out with a flash, and be here for forty, fifty years and then be gone? Or do you want to hang out and transform this planet back into the Garden of Eden? Second choice is what I'm aiming for. And I'd like to take as many of you as possible with me. So that is the core of understanding, you know, the main things that I would talk about during, you know, an hour, hour and a half Nutritional consultation, and um, it is, you know, it 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 made sense to to so many different puzzles about why we struggle so much, and uh, you know, when when we have so many basic things wrong, you know, and when our, you know, let's just looking across. The page here for my notes, the thyroid ratio it's it's way out of balance because our our potassium intake is so low the adrenal the adrenal ratio um, it's out of balance because we have so little magnesium in our diets and such so high sodium and I guess I didn't say we have so high calcium for the thyroid. Um, so, you know, basically every single ratio on, of the core five, we are, we are doing things the wrong way for both of the, of the elements that are involved. So thyroid ratio, we're getting way too much calcium, way too little potassium. For the adrenals, we're getting way too much sodium, and way too little magnesium. For the water balance or vitality ratio, way too much sodium, way too little potassium. For the sugar tolerance ratio, way too much calcium, way too little magnesium. And for the gonad or the sex ratio, you know, too little zinc and way too much copper. And, you know, the copper is really only indirectly you know kind of your fault as far as your dietary choices go but the, you know as i explained your body will hold on to copper so it can fight bacterial infections which it only needs to do because you're not getting hardly any iodine so when you, when you have all five of these ratios, you know, fine-tuned right into the the optimal position, you know, the optimal relationship your energy levels are going to be awesome and you're going to be, you know, generating all the melatonin you need, you're going to be sleeping like a baby. And, you know, your sex hormones are all going to be a, on all full, you know, all eight cylinders. That's, um, nowadays it's all six cylinders, <laughs> or all, uh, all battery cells, if you're driving an electric, um, fully charged. and uh, and, the, and the wonderful thing about, you know, every time you, you, you take the, your level up to the next next step, everything in your body works better. So all of your sensations are are richer. Of course, this is a double-edged sword because not only are your taste buds going to work better and um, your eyesight is going to be sharper and your sense of smell is going to be better, but you're also going to be much more sensitive to your emotions, which when you're carrying around, you know, lots and lots of emotional baggage from all kinds of childhood traumas that you haven't worked through and you know, everyone gets traumatized every day. The only way you're not going to be traumatized every day is to reach a, a level of perfection in the way that you love both yourself and other people. And that is ridiculously way, way easier to say than to do as I've been working on it actively trying to be uh, aware of my emotions, respect them, not, you know, trying to feel them instead of distract myself from them for the last eight years. And the best thing I can say for myself right now is I finally got enough. you know, my desire got big enough and my fear of, be, you know putting myself out there in the public arena got small enough that I'm now talking to zero viewers <laughs> but I I did uh, take a peek at the uh, statistics for the show and um, let's see what it's at right now dump dump dum. host tools so after the first day Day. So I had my first broadcast on Tuesday when I looked at this chart for all-time listens on Wednesday morning, I had four listens. And I was like, "Ah, oh, that's not too bad. Well, one of those was me. So there was really only, there were three people that listened <laughs> to my first show from Tuesday the 17th. And then on the 18th on Wednesday, did that show Thursday morning. I looked and I think it was like 17, 18 lessons. I was like, wow, went from, from four to 18 rock on. That's cool. And then yesterday I looked and it really hadn't budged. I, it, it went up a few Um, so I think it went up to 20. And then today when I looked, as I was getting ready to, to sit down here with you guys, it had gone up to 27. And if I refresh it right now, 27, which I think they probably only update it, you know, once, probably once a day. But, um, But yeah, I'm so looking forward to the point where I've got a long list on the switchboard of people who are just so excited to join the conversation. Um, And one of the things that I was thinking about earlier today was that, well, you know, if I'm really... (laughs) if I want more people calling in, like maybe I should mention it more (laughs) like, Hey, this is, this is a call in talk show. This is not, you know, my intention for this is not to have it be, you know, the Scott Scott's lecture hour or Scott's lecture two hours is, you know, from doing this, this is uh, the fifth episode. Like um, I learned from the first four that, Yeah, I kind of lost interest after the second hour. Like, yeah, it just, you know, I'm like, yeah, I've said a whole bunch. And um, I think I'm good. And uh, my nephew called in today and uh, checked in to see how I was doing. And I was like, yeah, it's going good, man. He's like, well, how's the show? He's like, I listened to a bit of it. You sounded really good. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. I really felt good that first day, especially. uh, I felt like I was really, you know, in the flow. I was riding the wave, like right in the sweet spot. Um, Yesterday, you know, the comparison between Tuesday and Friday shows, definitely not in the sweet spot for very long, if I was at all yesterday. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but I was... I was like yeah there's going to be good days and bad days and some days I'll be just on fire and other days I won't and that's okay it's like you know if you want to be a great musician if you want to you know have a have a top 100 or a top 10 uh song on the radio like you got to generally you need to write a lot of songs and one of the things I learned was that you know I, I always in my naive mind thought that every singer that was on the radio had written their own songs and that is just not true you know so many of the of the of the famous pop songs have been written by people who that's what they do they are just writing song after song after song after song and if you do something you know if you if you practice enough eventually you're going to have refined your craft. And, uh you know, fame and fortune is just really a matter of time. So, of course, the doomsday are in me. I was like, well, you know, an asteroid could hit us, like, next month. And then my chance at fame and fortune will I've missed out on it because I dragged my feet for 16 years. <laughs> but uh, All right. So, hour and a half in, I really touched all the bases I wanted to touch for, you know, what is this uh, mineral analysis or, you know, hair Element analysis and why why bother getting it or you know why did I spend so much time and effort trying to understand it and um and you know why I stayed excited about it after I did learn it because I just saw the um, the impact that it had on my own life and and those of my clients so uh, I still have an account with uh, with Trace Element Inc. But, you know, collecting hair samples, and even if I wasn't doing it myself, you know, I I would have people who walked in, um, just have a seat, and I'd grab my my, uh, hair scissors and get the little paper scale out and get, you know, the sample envelope, and I'd do it all right there in the store, like, have the sample collected. And usually it would take, I don't know. Probably ten minutes at the most, unless we were just interrupted a bunch by phone calls or other people walking in or what have you. Because, yeah, because we were based. It was a mom and pop, and me, and uh, <laughs> we were we. At one point, we were doing great, but um, unfortunately, or the way I the way it looked, I look at like the downfalls in life and when things go sideways, it's like it's, it was just a, an opportunity to, you know, shift gears, look at the next thing that, the next opportunity. Um, but anyway, the, uh, you yeah, if I had to do it again, if I had to, if I was going to do it again, I would have, yeah you know a, a college student that's studying nutrition or something be my intern and collect hair samples for me but um there's you know there's people that are um you know doing it full time on the internet you know all you'd have to do is you know, do a search for uh hair trace mineral analysis and uh, that's the most common term that I've seen out there. Um, yeah, you, and you can get these kits. I think, you know, eight years ago when I did the last one, I think I was paying like $55 you know, for a full report. And you could get, you know, the bare bones report for, you know, $43 or something. Um, so, you know, it's probably 50 or 60 bucks if I had to guess. But, of course, you know, that's the cost for, you know, the, the practitioner with, with the account with the lab. I always used to charge. Well, actually, I, I started out charging separately. Um, and then I just lumped it together. And I was like, well, if you want a consultation, it's this. And if you want a consultation with lab work, it's this. And it's just I didn't you know, have a separate uh account, you know, didn't have a separate line for, okay, well, the lab itself is this, and, you know, my time is this, and I was like, no, I, uh, the time I put into to, you know, at the very least talk to the people, give them the, you know, the the, the nickel tour of what it's all about, and then once I got their sample back and processing the lab and sending it out to the lab and then getting it back and then You know, I'd usually spend at least half an hour, you know, going over the report, and sometimes longer if it was a pattern that I hadn't seen before, that I'd only read about, and I had to like go back and refresh my memory about. All right, what are the, what's the secret sauce for this pattern type of a thing? But um, if you ever want a second opinion on a trace element care analysis lab, uh, I I would be happy to do that on this show. I I decided years ago, and I keep on reaffirming this, that I have no desire to uh, be a paid health consultant, at least one-on-one. I could be persuaded to do, like, corporate events or maybe uh, like be part of a retreat center and, you know, being part of a, you know, a panel of experts throughout a week, you know, in, I don't know, Costa Rica or Tahiti or Bali or someplace beautiful and warm. Um, but one-on-one consults, nah, it's like been there, done that. <laughs> don't really have any interest in doing that again. My primary focus is uh, is sharing what I know is f- with as many people as I possibly can, and you know spending my my days doing one on ones, no matter how satisfying it has been in the past it it doesn't hold the value that it once did my values of You know, what I value has shifted, and um, here we are. All right, so off we go to another music track. I'm going to take a break, have some water, walk around, get some vitamin D outside. I'll be back. I may or may not have any parting words of wisdom I may just mute the mic, but if you haven't heard it before, I will say it again. I am. De- I have dedicated these three hours from noon to 3 p.m. Eastern every day, seven days a week, for the next year, and we'll see how it goes after that. Um, I may may miss a day or two here and there throughout this coming year, but um at at some point I, I hope to uh to attract somebody who would like to to co host with me so that even if I am uh you know flying across the country somewhere um the show could still go on. And then I guess if that doesn't happen I'll do one of two things. I'll either pre record a show and just have it uh you know just upload it so it it's there automatically for the live show of course it will be a, a pre-recorded show in the in the live time slot but um you know that's that's weeks away at the at the soonest so cross that bridge when we get to it and I will not hate myself if I actually miss a day or two because I'm flying across the country, but you never know what the future may bring. We may be in lockdown for the entire year, and then then I'll definitely be doing this show every day with without fail but uh um, I know that i'm I'm enjoying it. I know that I'll enjoy it even more when I have some uh some people calling into the show and uh to make me think a little bit harder than just kind of regurgitating, you know, all the different things that uh I said so many times over and over and over again and you know in the 7 years that I was working uh as a paid health professional. <laughs> it sounds so much more illustrious saying it than it does when I think back to, you know, sweeping the sweeping and mopping and vacuuming and cleaning toilets and, you know, ordering supplements and stocking shelves and doing AdWords campaign, you know, Google AdWords advertising, marketing, pay-per-click ads, and yeah. So here we go. What's going to play next? Uh, I to listen to, I'm gonna to listen to. I'm gonna cl- click on I'm gonna find you, it's my soulmate song. I know you're out there. <laughs>
3: Out there, there's someone just like me. They're making the same mistake on the way to where they wanna be. They're tripping on the same hole. They're another lost soul in the fight against it. No. Like a shot when I find out where you are. I'm on my own way now, baby. So don't you go far. I'm gonna find you wherever I do. Yes, I'm gonna find you. find to you whatever I do Cause somewhere there's somebody looking for someone just like
2: A voice she has i look forward to getting her her latest project out she is working on a uh, a meditation album and uh haven't heard an update from her on that for a while but uh One of these days, I I asked her if if, um, she said that one of the things she's doing for the people that have been, uh, you know, supporting her work. She was at one point she was raising money to create her own recording studio. And, um, you know, I sent her off a little bit of money and um, as many other people did. And, you know, she said she sent me an email saying, you know, one of the things I'm doing is a thank you. Is to you know do a serenade for people to you know to sing you know their favorite song. And I was like, okay, yeah, I I know I know exactly which song I'd like you to sing. Um, but I'm not ready for you to do that yet. <laughs> so, I don't know if I could uh, maintain my composure. Anyway, she she was like, "Well, whenever you're ready." So, on Tuesday before the first show, I actually, uh, you know, yeah. texted back and forth with her and uh and said, "Hey, well, you know, how about you come on to Come to Health, uh, Come Talk Health radio and, uh, you know, sing us a song live there." And she didn't. At least I don't remember her you know, saying yes or no to that, but um, maybe she's still thinking about that. Uh, but I think that'll be super cool to to have Allison and, uh, and David live and in person and sing us a song. But if she would rather not, and I'll you know do that. Over, I think she said she usually do, does it them over Zoom. But um, we'll see how that goes. Maybe she'll do both. <laughs> um I am going to mute up the mic and I think I'm going to do a bit of spring cleaning so I'll be a little bit more present than I have the other previous days here in the in the nursery uh grade school of I don't know <laughs> the first days of of my uh, experiment of doing this radio show. But I'll actually be in the room, so I'm going to actually have my eye on the chat room and if anyone's streaming or not. But I guess it doesn't ultimately matter unless you're asking a question in chat or actually calling into the switchboard. So... I will remind you all that the call-in number is 516 And if for whatever reason today or any other day that uh, you get dead silence when you listen to the stream or when you call into the switchboard, um, you have the option of sending me a text message on my Google voice number, 508-207-8129. And with that, I will uh, say bye for now. I'll be around and available until 3 o'clock Eastern. So we get got an hour and 15 minutes. And maybe today I'll uh, actually get back to the... Uh, the studio control page here on Blog Talk Radio, and queue up uh, "Dreams Come True" again to to get back into the the intended rhythm of uh, of the intro song and the the outro. So I will yap at you later. Well, this is wrapping up episode five from Saturday, March 21st. Here's, our, here's my favorite Allison David song. Played it earlier today, and uh, I just love it to death, so I'm going to play it twice. Here we go. See you tomorrow.